This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There were two more murders 15 miles well, away. Arrived, the they found the we have a, a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. We hear stories time and time again where, due to the choices a person makes, they can be judged unfairly. And this doesn't end with death. This is why cases where the victims are drug addicts or sex workers tend to take longer to solve. On April 24, 1958, a man was born who would take the lives of women who earned their living through sex work. Women who, despite the justice system's opinion, deserve rights and action to keep them safe and off the streets. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Stephen Gerald James Wright was born on April 24, 1958, in the village of Norfolk. He left school in 1974 and went into the Merchant Navy, where he became a chef on the ferries, and by 1987, he had one divorce under his belt and was working various civilian jobs. In July of 1988, he had split with his second wife and was working as a pub landlord in Norwich, as well as managing a public house in South London a job he lost due to gambling and heavy drinking. It was these bad habits, especially the gambling, that landed him his first conviction, theft, in 2001. As his debts piled up, it all became too much for him to bear, and Stephen attempted suicide on two occasions, both unsuccessful. That same year, he met a woman named Pamela Wright, and the pair moved to Ipswich together in 2004. This move placed him in what would become his main hunting ground. Something that needs to be known about Stephen Wright. Beginning with his time in the Navy, Stephen Wright made it a regular habit of visiting massage establishments and hiring sex workers. His marriages didn't stop this business, and by 2006, the women who he was once hiring became his targets. On December 2, 2006, The body of 25-year-old Gemma Adams was found in the water of Belstead Brook. She was last seen in Ipswich, where she was living, on November 15, 2006. Gemma was a known sex worker and drug addict in the area, and had been found naked at the time of her death. But, surprisingly, she had not been sexually assaulted. Six days later, on December 8th, the body of 19-year-old Tania Nichol was found in the water at Copdock Mill after last being seen on October 20th. She was a friend of Gemma's, working in the same profession as well as being a fellow addict. 
And just like Gemma, she had not been sexually assaulted prior to her death, and a definitive cause of death was impossible to determine. On December 10th, another body was found in a wooded area. It was 24-year-old Anneli Alderton, who had been three months pregnant when she was asphyxiated. Anneli was last seen on December 3rd after she left the train in Ipswich. Her body, also nude and posed in the cruciform position, showed no signs of assault. By this time, three bodies were found in rapid succession. Police held a conference to warn all women working in the red light district to stay away, despite it being their main source of income. By December 12th, two more bodies were found. One was 24-year-old Paula Clennell, who had, just prior to her disappearance on the 10th, commented in the news about the murders. She said that while they made her nervous, she had to continue to work and needed the money. The other was 29-year-old Annette Nichols, who disappeared on December 8th. All of these killings were so similar, it didn't take police any time to connect them all. They referred to this perpetrator as a Suffolk Strangler, or the Ipswich Ripper, and formed a task force codenamed Operation Sumac, with about 300 officers dedicated to his capture. By December 15th, there were about 7,300 phone calls made to the police in regards to the investigation, and by the 18th, those calls increased to around 10,000, and the task force grew to about 650. This task force must have done their job effectively because on December 19, 2006, Stephen Gerald James Wright was arrested on suspicion that he was the Ipswich Ripper. Upon looking into this new suspect, investigators found that the 48-year-old's car, a car that earned him the nickname Mondio Man within the brothels he frequented, had a back seat flecked with tiny spots of blood that partially matched the DNA of Paula Clonell. Stephen was officially charged with five murders on December 21, 2006. His trial began on January 16, 2008. During the trial, Stephen was very forthcoming about his use of sex workers. He admitted to having relations with the victims, hence the presence of his DNA. But he asserted that it was simply sex and that he was not responsible for their murders. On February 21st, after eight hours of deliberation, the jury found Stephen Wright guilty on all five counts, and he was sentenced to life imprisonment. He is currently a suspect in the unsolved case of Susie Lampla. These cases received an outpouring of media attention, both nationally and internationally. It sparked debates about legalizing prostitution and how law enforcement handles crimes involving sex workers. Many argue legalizing it could improve regulations, keeping these women safer, while others vote to crack down on the law and hope that the harsher punishments will deter people from joining the profession. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 25th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. 
so make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day.